What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This one is going to be a little bit different. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was interviewed by Annie. She is a student at Boston University studying journalism and is very curious in the space of NFTs and crypto. So we got on a call. We discussed a couple different things, a couple of NFT projects that I missed out on, a couple of NFT projects that I am currently keeping my eye on. Um, and ways to get involved into crypto and NFTs. And with the use of the VV app, for those who don't know, VV is an application that you can download onto your phone and you can start buying NFTs from Marvel, from Disney, Star Wars, DC, a lot of huge brands over there, Coca-Cola, just to name a few. So really in this episode, it's going to be really uh, NFT centric, a lot of uh, conversation regarding NFTs. And I explain, you know, ways to get into NFTs, ways to kind of uh, figure out whether a project is worth your time and your investment, because NFTs are very expensive, especially if you're buying them on the Ethereum blockchain. You're talking about several thousand dollars of investment into uh, an NFT. And I want to make sure that you don't get scammed, you don't get uh, rug pulled, uh, and you buy into a project, into a community that you believe in and that has a bright future. So I kind of give you guys my advice and tidbits on, you know, how to keep your eyes on on that. Tomorrow, we're going to kind of go over what's going on in the market regarding the Bitfinex hack, the people who uh, stole uh, $3.6 billion uh, worth of Bitcoin and Russia, uh, because there's a lot of uh, crazy news kind of going out into the world, which is really, really exciting and awesome to talk about. And overall, talking about the market, things are looking good. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy this conversation. I think there's a lot of cool uh, nuggets of information on how to get started with NFTs. If you're an artist yourself, a photographer, videographer, whatever you want, uh, a lot of useful information or as an investor. Enjoy, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me here today to chat about NFTs and crypto, all that good stuff. Yes. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about it. I've um I am obsessed with NFTs and the crypto space, and I know very little about it, but because I'm studying journalism, it's such a great way to talk to experts like you and kind of hear about this world that is like, you know, become so popular and kind of the way of the future. So yeah, yeah. no, uh, the NFT space has definitely been um, growing and expanding and i continue to learn more about it every single day when i think i know a lot is when i start to get humbled and i start to realize i really don't know as much as i do but that's the beauty of it it's uh it's an emerging field and there's just opportunities for everyone you just have to look in the right places yes absolutely it, yeah it is very much like the the second you think you you know something you go down a rabbit hole and you're like whoa this world is bigger than i could have ever imagined oh uh, totally yeah yeah but um just to kind of kick things off i'd love to know um kind of how you got involved in the nft world yeah no um so for me i i feel like most people it's now become the reverse where people start to get introduced to crypto because of NFTs, because everyone can get on board with liking a profile picture or trying to figure out, oh, what is this NFT thing? And then you kind of realize, oh, it's crypto the entire time. But yeah. for me, I really started my journey last year um, where there's the whole uh, GameStop um, fiasco and then Dogecoin really popping off. And that's where I really started to kind of get my hands dirty in crypto. I first bought Dogecoin 
And then I kind of realized, you know, this is a meme coin. I, I really didn't understand what that meant until I later kind of like really researched, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all the layer one solutions, layer two, so on and so forth. And then I start, started to stumble across NFTs and I remember trying to get my hands involved in it. Um, it was really difficult earlier last year because I really didn't understand, you know, the concept of what a MetaMask was, you know, what is OpenSea.io or... Uh, I had I have a couple of friends who are photographers who were listed on with foundation with FND and I was trying to get on there but it's very exclusive and it takes a lot of time to get there so uh, last year I kind of started to dabble in it and I saw you know basic API club pop off I started to see you know everybody was talking about crypto punks and I really didn't get into it, I would say until the fall of last year, where I started to understand more about the space. And I learned about, you know, the app VB, where I make a majority of my personal NFT collections, where they have listed, you know, Disney, Marvel, they have exclusive license uh, ship with all these top brands, where it started to kind of click with me that, you know, if you want to be a part of something like that, you want to kind of go with the big names. And uh, fortunately, like I've kind of cut my ears to the street. You really have to be active on crypto Twitter or just NFT Twitter, whatever you want to consider it and kind of get an idea and get a pulse of what the community is really into. So right now, um, a lot of people are talking about doodles, uh, Steve Aoki really purchasing his, uh, a couple of doodles. And then there is a couple off chain ones called like doggos. And Doggos is based on the Solana uh, blockchain, and I really want to get involved with it, but I had a friend's wedding, so I was unfortunately able to be there for the mint price of it. But um, as the space continues to grow, you start to see a larger body of people really kind of considering it and asking, what should I buy? Uh, how do you know what to buy? And it's just a matter of kind of finding the right community and finding the backers behind it and kind of get an idea of, you know, what, what's the purpose of this, you know, is this uh, a cash grab or is this more, you know, uh, it, are, are they building something bigger? Um, are they developing a roadmap? What are their plans uh, down the road with this NFT project? So long-winded answer, but it really started last year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's so great. And it's so interesting. Cause I, I mean, my, my brother-in-law, he's um, very much into, in investing. And so when he realized NFTs are something that's really lucrative for both the artist and, and the buyer, um, yeah. it was a little bit like a shot in the dark and his first purchase didn't go so well. But the more that he learned, he was like, okay, this is this is where the, like you were saying, like the trends are going now with Doodle and um, and such. And so he's had so much fun with it. He's like, oh, now I have this yeah. one that's like projected in the metaverse. And I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And there's there's so many, there there are so many pro, uh, projects and I'll, I wanna kind of emphasize this, like not all of the NFT projects are going to make it in the sense of like some of them are cash grabs. Like I have bought in projects that really, the founders kind of just dropped off the face of the planet. And when you make these kinds of investments, you have to understand like, yes, crypto already is a pretty like skeptical or it's um, it's something that you need to be cautious with. You really need to understand what you're investing in. NFTs kind of bring it to a whole nother level where, you know, you have these DAOs, these decentralized autonomous organizations that are developing um, these NFTs 
and a lot of them remain anonymous and you really don't know the project so you really have to do your research so you know i've made my mistakes with certain nfts and when i research an nft project there are two on my radar right now one of them is called weather report and the other is called um what is it called um invisible friends and they have a large community a large following they're building in the metaverse they're developing the roadmaps they're doing so so much with it but again, you know, it's kind of like uh, when like a pair of Yeezys drop or something where you, right. you get everything ready, you hope that you can buy one and you're lucky if you're even to get one at floor price. Um, most of the time, most of us are buying things, you know, in the aftermarket, you know, for whatever, whatever it's listed at at that point. Yeah, definitely. No, that's those are two really good tips to have weather report and invisible Fred. But I'm really also curious seeing that you're an artist and photographer what's the actual process like of creating one from sort of like start to finish yeah so developing an nft really isn't that difficult what it is is expensive um and the reason why i say that is typically when you're developing an nft um for example with foundation that's where i'm listed um you can develop an account on OpenSea, but certain uh websites or certain um places to list NFTs are a little bit more exclusive. You have to be invited into the program or you have to apply. Um, but you know, you develop your photo, you're happy with it, and then you log into your account. So for my example, with FND, you upload the image. It's very simple. You develop the image, you upload it, and then there's a listing price, and then you have to mint it. Uh, minting is where it gets expensive because let's say you want to list it at 0.1 ETH. And for the sake of this conversation right now, Ethereum is $3,000. Um, so point one of that is $300 just to list it. So you, and then you have to account for slippage and gas fees. So gas fees are dependent on the price fluctuation of Ethereum and how heavily Ethereum is being used at the time. So like a lot of people will mint NFTs around like three or four in the morning where there's a lack of activity. So the gas fees, rather than paying $170, maybe you're paying $110. Um, so when you list your NFT, you mint it at a price. Minting is kind of uh, finalizing the smart contract. And it really is just saying like, okay, I want to sell this at 0.1 ETH and the bidder has to start at 0.1 as well. And then you click mint, which um, kind of executes the smart contract. And then once it's executed, your NFT is now on the blockchain. Your, your, your photo is now on the blockchain itself. So if somebody wants to buy it, they'll be able to track down, you know, okay, the creator was Media by Marvin. And now the owner uh, is, has bought it at 0.12 ETH. So rather than buying it for $300, maybe they bought it for $500. And that's how you can track the value of certain projects. You can see, you know, okay, at mint price, you know, a basic, uh, basic AP was probably, let's just say it was one ETH. Now it's worth 120 ETH. And you can kind of have a whole history of from the originator to who owns it now and the prices that it was bought in between. So there's a whole transaction log and you can kind of see how far that project has come. And you can see all of that on the blockchain, right? That's Everything. like- that's, that's really neat that it just has that level of transparency kind of just built into it. It can be overwhelming if you've never seen a smart contract or if you've never kind of 
played with transaction IDs and things like that. For example, this is not uh, NFT related, but definitely crypto. I was sending, um, I think it was three finance coins from my trust wallet to my crypto.com wallet. And I was able to send it with the wallet address, but you have to include a, a very specific memo. And the memo is what kind of finalizes the, the transfer. And I forgot to include the memo. And three BNB at the time was worth about $1,500 or $1,800. So it never, it was sent, but I didn't know where it was. So it was kind of lost in the void. And that's almost $2,000 just kind of gone. And then later, uh, like a couple of weeks later, it turned out to be about $3,000 because the price skyrocketed. Um, but luckily with the transaction ID, you're able to kind of locate where the coin was sent to, who is actually working on the block. Um, and then you, you're able to kind of like prove like, hey, this is where it was. I need to kind of get it back. And then you pay crypto.com a small fee, that fee, they're able to retrieve your crypto. So there's a lot of really cool and fast, awesome things that you can do, you know, with the with the blockchain because it's all verifiable. You don't have to trust anyone. You can verify. Um, it's on the ledger and it can't be argued. You can see exactly when it was sent, when where it was sent, how it was sent. Um, and you can do that with NFTs too, which is really, really cool. You're able to kind of have this whole entire history behind it and know where it was, where it went and why. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really, that's really interesting. And, um, something that was brought up to mind when you were talking about, you know, it going from like 2000 to 3000, you see so much fluctuation within this world. And why, why is that like something that might have been a hundred dollars one day, all of a sudden now is worth a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, that that's an interesting question because it, it comes down to a number of things, you know, like a commodity, whether it's in equities that you're, you're buying Tesla stock, why does Tesla go from 400 to $800, you know, the, the revenue goes up or, you know, the valuation or the, they develop the new car or whatever it could be for NFTs, you know, the whole point of it, they're non fungible tokens. So there's no set price. So the, the, the beauty of it, it's, you know, the, the value of it comes from the owners and the community that supports it and whatever they dictate the, the floor price to be, it is. So for example, I, I was trying to get into one NFT project, it was called Doggos on the Solana uh, blockchain. And I believe that one Doggo at the time was half a Solana. And I think Solana at that time was trading at like a $250. So it was 125 bucks. Sure. And then, you know, I missed it and I was like, oh, I'm so bummed. I'm going to try and buy one in uh, the aftermarket on Magic Eden. And then the floor price went from 0.5 to like 1.5. So you're now paying three times the amount. And I was like, oh, maybe somebody will sell at one. Nobody ever decided to sell at one. I think the floor price of one doggo right now is like nine or 11 Solana. Um, and it's just a matter of like, how much is in supply? You know, if you have 100,000 NFTs and a couple are similar, you know, the value may not be there. But you develop a project like Doggo's where there's 500. There's only 500. There will only be 500 in existence. Um, and the art is beautiful. It's very reminiscent of Doodles, but with dogs. And on the Solana blockchain, okay, now we have something where there's a limited supply. Uh, people really like the art. Uh, there's a lot of collaboration. There is a future worth it. They're developing a roadmap. You can now stake 
your dog, oh, that wasn't a thing at the time, but they were developing this roadmap. Okay, now we have a, uh, an increased value proposition. Not only does do you collect the art, but now there is utility where there wasn't before. Now you can stake or put your dog in doggy daycare, which I, again, I'm really butthurt about because I wish I got into it because they've come such a long way and it's so cool to kind of follow this. And that's why like on Weather Report and some other projects, I'm like, okay, I'm really going to try. And with Ethereum, it's way more expensive. Like half an Ethereum is about $1,500 where half a Solana is $100. So just kind of putting that in perspective, but you you have this level of utility with some of the NFTs where, okay, with when you stake your, your doggo in the, at daycare, you send it to daycare, you get rewarded with treats. And with these treats, now you can use them for raffles where you can enter to win a one-of-a-kind a one doggo or they partner up with other um, NFTs and then you can enter to get whitelisted on another project that's friends of doggos. So now you're no longer just an NFT. They're now a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. So they, you have voting rights. How, where doggos goes next, you're now a part of that like voting system you get a say in where doggos goes in the metaverse or in staking or treats or you know who you partner up with with other nft projects to get whitelisted because now everybody is cutting off their arms and legs to try to get whitelisted on certain projects um so now you start with this really cool concept and now it's become its own living breathing organism and people want to be a part of that. People want to get whitelisted on that next project. People want to be able to flip, you know, one NFT into, you know, life-changing wealth. They want to get that next basic APA club. And how do you get that? You become a part of a community. Um, and the community kind of voices, you know, what the floor price is going to be. Well, it, it almost reminds me of like stock market and gaming coming together and creating this like really cool ecosystem. Um, oh. Yeah, it, it's just really exciting. Um, but I, I, I was curious also about um, just taking it a step back to NFTs and uh, royalty fee structure. So when you are finalizing the smart contract, what does that process look like? Because I had read that it's between like five and 10%. So each time it changes hands, the artist would get that amount. So I personally have never worked on a smart contract where royalties are involved, but I know they do exist. So from my understanding, let's say you get a floor price. There are certain NFT projects that do do this. I've never been a part of one or executed a contract like that. But basically, let's say you own, you know, a doggo and you have 10, you have 10 doggos. You sell one of your doggos and for the rest of its life, depending on the volume and how much it's traded, you know, let's say you sell it for 10 Solana, that's $2,000. Okay. Now the next person sells it for 15 Solana, you know, that is now what, $3,000. So you get 10% of that, that's $300 in your pocket just for having held your dogs uh, or your doggos. And that's just like one example, but I personally have never held one like that, but it's definitely a thing. And it's a way for creators and creatives like myself to kind of continue to have that income. And it's, it's really cool because you see certain NFT photographers like um, where Drifter shoots and he has a collection called Where My Vans Go. And it's him climbing these rooftops. He's wearing red bands and, and every single photo you can see 
his vans and then a cityscape behind it. It's a really, really fascinating project. And these photos are not only beautiful, but it's the community behind it. Um, and I believe for like photographers like that, I think he has royalty set on his, you know, he sold his first NFT. Imagine this, like you, you mint an NFT for one Ethereum. And at that time it's a thousand and now it's trading at 40 or 50 Ethereum. And now we're talking 40 to $50,000 per photo. Right. Being able to continue to get that revenue back in your pocket is huge. And we can see that with the, the music space right now. There's a, a crypto project. I believe it's called Audius. And with Audius, they're working with uh, creatives, uh, musicians specifically when they release their music, rather than working with a label and trying to get on Spotify, you can po post it on Audius. And now your music is can be streamed anywhere and then you get paid as the creative it's not that your label gets paid and then you get paid a percentage of that the creatives are now getting paid what they're worth which is really really cool to see absolutely um and as you since you are a creative i'm also interested in like other maybe projects that you are involved with or want to be involved with with like nfts or yeah like um, nfts or really anything within that realm yeah, I mean, the bigger projects right now that I have my eyes just focused on so bad is Invisible Friends and um, The Weather Report. Those are the two that I've been really keeping my eyes on. And the reason being is um, Cool Cats NFTs. Uh, they've been exploding and they just kind of developed a, a side chain called Cool Cat Pets or something or Cool Pets. Um, and the creators or some of the people who were involved in Cool Cats kind of developed this, you know, community and now they're building off things such as uh the weather report so i really am looking to get involved with that i'm really trying to get with invisible friends they have a whole juncture of different projects with um they have one called like mood rollers and slim hoodies uh, a couple of other uh projects like that so i definitely want to get involved there and then other than that some notable projects that definitely caught my eye but i it's just one of those things where you think you missed the boat and by never jumping on the boat, the boat just continues to go even farther. <laughs> and you're like, man, I should have bought it at one, one Solana. Now it's at 15. Oh, it's too expensive. I'll buy it if it dips down to 10. And then it's 30 Solana. You're like, you know what? I'm never going never gonna to get there. But um, another one is called the Famous Fox Federation. That's another popular one that I see on the Solana blockchain. There's so many blockchains and so many Ethereum projects happening um that i have to explore on other ones other than ethereum right now ethereum is definitely the most popular and widely used um crypto to purchase nfts but there are so many other cryptos that you can use to purchase nfts like polygon um ticker is matic m-a-t-i-c uh builds on top of ethereum to help with congestion so I just recently saw that you can actually buy NFTs on OpenSea, not with Ethereum, but with Matic. Um, so you're able to kind of lower the cost basis and also lower the gas fees because, you know, let's say you're bidding on an NFT for one Ethereum. Okay, if your MetaMask only has one Ethereum, but the slippage and gas fees are about, you know, 0.1 Ethereum, you're going to lose all of that because you weren't able to afford the gas fees. So it gets very expensive on the Ethereum chain. So there's so many ecosystems to look for nfts and you kind of want to just take a plunge into it it's it's scary though it's very scary because it's a huge investment not a lot of people can put in half an ethereum just for you know 
uh, an NFT, that's $1,500 or $1,600 just to buy this photo. Oh yeah. And well, that also makes me think kind of the, the scary element to it. And the fact that there's so many blockchains, there's so many projects, I feel like the chance of getting potentially scammed, like I know there was, I believe the squid game, um, project, yeah. which was just, you know, like a, a, a scam and, and, and a hack. And how, how can you, how would you advise someone who doesn't know too much about this space, but wants to get involved and is just cautious about that. Cause like, that's where I am right now, where I, yeah. I want to learn as much information, but I know, I, I feel as if I don't know enough in order to take that plunge. Like you said, I just worry, oh my God, someone's going to hack me. Yeah, no. Um, so squid game specifically, um, in the crypto space, that's what we call getting rugged or again, the rug, uh, the rug pulled under you, which is not a good feeling. I've, I only purchase cryptos typically that are within the top 50, maybe top 80. There, there are some out of the top 100, but for NFT specifically, I mean, I, I kind of got rugged with one. Um, I'm not going to say the name of it because if, in case it does come back, then <laughs> I'm going to be good. But um, you have to do your research. You really have to kind of get onto crypto Twitter and see what people are talking about. Like the more time you spend on Twitter, looking at projects, see what the community is saying. Are people excited? Are these real followers? Uh, okay. Who's the creators of the project? Like if you're able to find a project where, you know, the creators do kind of have a name to them, it's not just an anonymous entity, but you're like, okay, they do have a following. You, you want to verify first, like who they are, make sure they're real. Secondly, most of them, if not all NFT projects are on Discord. Go into the Discord, get your hands dirty, introduce yourself, see what people are talking about. What are they announcing? Do they have clothing? Do they have merchandise? You know, okay, people are getting whitelisted from this project. Like let's say Weather Report, you get whitelisted on Weather Report for having um, a Cool Cat NFT. Okay, Cool Cats are a verified project you know who they are and the people who are in cool cats are getting excited about weather report okay there is there's something there to that and then i would say check out you know other projects similar to that um see what people are talking about is it organic growth are they paying for it for example on twitter right now i've been getting hit with advertisements for an nft project called lucky goat it's a scam it's 100% a scam and why do i think that because I know that the grassroots projects that grow on Twitter, on the Discord, they don't need to advertise. People are clawing at the bit to try to get an NFT. So kind of make sure that's organic growth. See that people are excited. People are talking about it. Get into the Discord um, and check out who the creators are and check their background. Now, if you're looking for NFTs that are a little bit safer. Again, none of this is financial advice. <laughs> um, but one of the places that I recommend a lot of people to kind of start getting their hands dirty with NFTs, it's called VV. Uh, VV is an application that you can actually download onto your phone. And uh, the crypto that actually oversees and owns it is called Ecomi. Um, why I'm a big fan of VV is that uh, the creators, the owners, and the founders of it are the people who helped trademark and brand, you know, some projects, you know, called Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon, things like that. These are trusted and verified places. And Vivi is the only 
marketplace where you can get non-fungible tokens and collectibles that are exclusively licensed to Marvel, to DC, to Disney, um, to Star Wars, you know, these big brand names. And right now it's almost impossible to get a drop because there's that many users. I mean, I remember uh, last summer or earlier this fall, I was able to kind of scoop some comic books for cheap. You can collect statues, collectibles. Um, they're actually in the process of developing their VVverse, which is their metaverse, where you can develop your house and have your posters up. And then you can resell them in the market too, which is really cool. So for example, I managed to get, what was it? Um, a Daredevil number one comic. And it was, I was able to get it on the drop. I actually got two on the drop and they listed for $6.99. And since it's the first appearance of Daredevil, so you have to get a little bit nerdy with the comics because you need to know which ones are actually valuable in physical form, but why are they important? The first appearances are always going to be the most valuable. Sure. Now that $7 comic, which is a common, there's common, uncommon, rare, ultra rare, and then secret rare comics. Just the rare alone that I got for $7 was trading at $180 just a couple of weeks ago. Wow. People are making life-changing wealth with Vivi. And the problem that Vivi has right now, which they are actually solving, was you buy gems. Gems can be bought with your credit card. But let's say you sold that comic for $1,000. Okay, you have 1,000 gems. How do you cash it out? So people have to either sell it to somebody that they know, but Vivi's actually in the process of cashing out your gem. So you can convert your gems into the native cryptocurrency, OMI. And then you can sell that OMI on an exchange for USDT, which is Tether. And you can convert that into dollars. It sounds a little bit more complicated than it is, but it really isn't. You just convert your crypto into another crypto that is pegged to the dollar. So if you had a thousand OMI, and it was 50 cents at the time, you convert it to a dollar, it's $500. And then you just transfer it to your bank account. Um, Is there a transactional cost to make those different changes? Yes. So right now with Vivi, whenever you sell a comic or an NFT there, I want to say there's about like a two or 3% royalty fee because it goes to Disney. Um, because you're, you're selling it and Disney does get a caught, uh, caught a portion of it. In terms of switching from gems to OMI, it's currently in beta testing. So I really don't know if there's going to be some costs associated with it. I wouldn't be surprised if there is. And then of course you sell it on, you know, an exchange like gate.io or KuCoin or wherever it gets listed in the future. And then you convert that into Tether and then you just deposit it into your account via fiat. Cool. I'm going to have to definitely check out this. Is, is it via VI? Yeah. Uh, V-E-V-E. -E. I can actually show you some of my NFTs. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So on Vivi, uh, I've been collecting as many as I can because we did have a bull run recently on Vivi. So like a comic that I bought for 120 went up to $700. So, you know, taking profits along the way is very important. But right now I've been just accumulating as many as I can. So um, here we have, I'm trying to see, you have the zombie Captain America. Voltron, uh, USPS, you have a dancing group, which is really cool. Um, awesome. You have a black cat, you have Makari from the Eternals, Fastos, you have Spider-Woman. 
Spider-Man, Zombie Spider, um, another Captain America. Um, I forget her name. She's from the Fantastic Four. Um, and then, oh, Coca-Cola. That's another huge company with their NFTs mm -hmm. there um, with the snow globe. So you're able to collect as many 3D statues and put them in your in the VVverse soon, which is really cool. And then soon we're going to be able to po have our posters of our comics. So here you can see a couple of my comics um, with yeah. Spider-Man, Alpha Flight, uh, the first appearance of the Green Goblin, uh, Spider-Man versus Dr. Octavius, um, Spider-Man versus Carnage. Uh, all these collectibles you're able to collect on the market and then on the market you can resell you can auction there's a lot of really cool things that you can do there that's really cool do you have those um in the metaverse now? not yet right yeah. now they're actually in the process so you're going to be able to kind of build your own home in the vvverse and then invite people over explore auction sell privately so there's going to be a lot of really cool utility with these projects and just a couple of months ago they did golden moments where they had a um the statue of Walt Disney holding Mickey Mouse's hand. And when it got listed, I wanna say it was $60 if you're able to get it on listing day. And now they're selling for $20,000, oh, $50,000. Sure. Like, and they're only going to increase in value over time because we all know that they're gonna do it again. They're gonna do golden statues uh, season two. What does that do to season one? It's gonna skyrocket the prices even more. And we see that on BV over and over and over again. Um, so it's really, really cool to kind of get my hands dirty. I've had my friends, I had some family kind of buy into that because a lot of people know Marvel, a lot of people know Disney, like who doesn't know Disney? And then, okay, you're scared to get into NFTs, but if somebody tells you this is a licensed NFT from Disney, okay, that's a little bit easier of a sell than telling someone, oh, you should really get this NFT called Doggos. It's like, hmm. I'm going to probably go with Disney um, and it's a little bit more affordable because you can pick up some comics right now for like $14, $15. There have been some that I bought in the aftermarket for $14. For example, I think it was um, the first appearance of Loki on a comic book. I bought it for $15. It's now up to $90. So it's kind of like this buy and hold mentality, but you have to make sure you're buying things that you like and you're willing to hold and price is going to fluctuate and you have to be patient with it. Yeah, thank you. That's really good advice because I mean, I'm much the same with your family of, yeah, trust, you know, Disney and Marvel, solid companies <laughs> is a good entry point into to this world. But, um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. So just kind of my final question is, what do you think the future will hold uh, for this emerging space, whether it be crypto or NFTs? I think right now we're just, at the beginning of it all, which is really, really exciting. Um, I mean, recently we just got word, you know, El Salvador now recognizes Bitcoin as legal tender. Russia just announced that they're viewing crypto as actual currency. And I think we're gonna start seeing this snowball effect of massive adoption in so many different ways. And you see it everywhere. You're gonna see it at the Super Bowl. You're gonna see crypto commercials for the first time, you're going to start seeing NFT projects. Budweiser is going to, I think it's Bud Light, actually, they're going to be announcing their NFT drop on the Super Bowl. So you're going to see more and more companies open up to this idea of, you know, having NFTs, having utility, what can you do with this? How can you redeem it? 
Um, and we're going to continue to see that. We've seen it already with the golden moments that I just brought up with Walt Disney. If you got it, you either got six months or a year subscription for free with Disney+. Plus. And that's just the beginning of it. Some NFTs with the 007 uh, movie, I think, that just came out last year. If you're able to get one of five NFTs, they're super rare. I don't think you can buy them anymore at all. There's only five. But you would also get five tickets to the premiere of 007. So you start to see the wheels turning. You start to see, wait, there's more to this. There's, there's things that we can do. And combining the digital world with the real world. And that's what we're starting to see with the utility of NFTs. And with crypto, I think it's just the beginning. I think that, you know, Bitcoin specifically is such a scarce resource. There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin in existence. But really, there's only going to be about 14 or 15 because so many has been lost. People who've owned it have probably passed away. Some have been hacked or just lost in the ethos and there's only 50 million millionaires in the world so there's not even enough bitcoin for every millionaire in the world um so i think we have a long way to go i think it's going to be a bumpy road but ultimately if you look at the charts for crypto it just goes up and to the right and i think that's where it's going to continue to go so if a lot of people who are interested do your research buy the ones that make the most sense to you be patient and have a macro view of the world and where it's going. A lot of people see the effects of inflation affecting everything. And how do we combat that? How do we preserve our wealth? And I think a lot of people, you know, our age who want to own a house, how do we afford a house that in Waltham specifically, that's where I live, a house starts at $800,000. You know, when my parents first bought a house here is $150,000. You know, how do you accumulate, you know, a quarter million dollars? investing in the stock market in the S&P 500, or maybe buy into some that's a little bit more volatile, but you start to see the massive adoption happening. Oh yeah, no, definitely, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and I've learned so much and I'm so excited to start like digging into this even more. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, download the VV app. I think that's gonna be a great jumping point to kind of start you can buy a comic book NFT right now on the blockchain, see which edition you have, see who you bought it from. It's really, really cool. And it's interactive. Um, but I think NFTs have a long way to go. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs with that and with crypto. But I think ultimately um, people want to be in control of their own finances. People want to be in control of their lives. And whether it's through financial sovereignty or financial freedom, um, I think crypto gives the power back to the people. Yeah, definitely. And especially me as a student, I'm like, ooh, this would be a very nice investment to help pay off student loans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a great way to pay off student loans. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. And um, I hope to connect again soon down the line.